calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello and welcome to this episode of Take 15. I'm Lauren Foster, Content Director at CFA Institute, and joining me today is Elizabeth Corley. Elizabeth is non-executive vice chair of Allianz Global Investors, where she also served as global CEO and European CEO and helped steer her company through the global financial crisis. Elizabeth is also a member of the CFA Institute Board of Governors. In addition to being named CEO of the year and most influential person in asset management, she's also been described as a stateswoman of finance. Well, I didn't good. know that. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. I'd like to start with a 2015 New York Times article that I read, and I'll quote here. It said, your mission seems to be to embed a culture of accountability and helping clients and figuring out how to get employees and clients geared towards longer-term outlooks. Now, you've been in the industry more than 40 years. How do we get leaders to embed this type of culture? I think the good news is that many leaders are realizing they have to. Asset management as an industry is now so central to the way in which the whole global capital market system works. Um, we're under scrutiny, rightly, from our clients and from supervisors and regulators and politicians. And I think many, many leaders understand that this is what we have to do. And so that's the good news. I think the challenge is um, doing it takes time because it has to be embedded in the culture. And some of the things we're talking about may not be obvious. You know, this understanding of client interest is something that really has to run very, very deep in a company. So a culture of accountability is one thing. What about a more inclusive, welcoming culture? You've said the real reason many talented minorities leave financial services is because of soft factors, including culture. How do we change that? Again, I mean, it has to start at the top, but there's no excuse for not working this through the whole system. The sense of belonging in a place, of feeling at home in a place, is essential to, I think, to job satisfaction. And if somebody feels marginalised or excluded or just not respected, um, if an opportunity comes to leave, then they're going to take it and quite right. So I think you have to do a lot of things. You have to put the processes in place, whether that's recruitment, training, induction, employee engagement, management training, executive training, your promotion criteria, your compensation criteria. All those hard processes have to go in place. But then I think the leadership have to engage in being role models for the sort of culture and behaviours they expect. And I think we have to call out behaviours that don't fit. Diversity and inclusion as part of culture and teams need to reflect this. So what are your views on the best practices for building more diverse investment teams and leadership teams? Well, it's challenging. Um, in terms of looking at the statistics and looking at the trends, we're making incremental progress at best. And people say, well, that's the pipeline, there's not enough people coming through. That's not true. If you go right back to the early recruitment stages in Korea, we have a very balanced recruitment mix other than possibly on sort of social inclusion, because this isn't an industry that necessarily recruits deep into different social areas. But we have a good mix at outset, and then we steadily lose people, either for the cultural reasons we've talked about, 
or for life reasons, which is that if you take a break in your career and then you want to come back, how do you re-engage, how do you re-enter? And I think there's a particular challenge for, for female portfolio managers who choose to take a career gig or have to take one, uh, which is that they've spent a long time building up track record. How do you sustain a track record? How do you sustain your reputation during a period where you may not be working full-time? I think that's something we really have to look at quite hard. Now, as you well know, trust in our industry has been at a low point since the global financial crisis. How do we rebuild trust with the public? It's one action at a time. Uh, the trust is an accumulation of everything that, that goes right in individual relationships, uh, as an industry, and then it gets undermined by one thing that goes wrong. So I think it is an attention to detail. It is about honesty, transparency, good quality communication. Uh, it's about engaging with those who, not just our clients, but also regulators and supervisors who are observing us and trying to work towards better standards together. What are the major trends that you believe investment firms must adapt to in order to be successful in the future? And on the flip side, what trends are most worrisome? Well, you know, one person's worry is another's opportunity. So I think the reality is that we've been incredibly blessed by rising markets, rising asset prices because of quantitative easing and low interest rates. I mean, that's, as, as interest rates normalize, as QE stops, we're going to see more asset price volatility. That's a good thing. That's good for markets and it's good for, for professionalism. Um, I think a focus on costs, efficiency, quality are absolutely key, absolutely vital. And I don't think yet the industry's really woken up fully to how cost effective we need to be and how flexible our cost base needs to be. Um, what I don't think we need to do is, is stop looking for talent and rewarding talent. Uh, very generously when it really delivers value for clients. I think that's really, really important. So the opportunities, I think, will come with increasing specialization. They'll come with moving more assets into private markets um, as well as public markets. They'll come with things like getting much better at environmental social governance, social impact investing, specialist investing and alternatives, I think, are all areas of opportunity. And to get those right, one has to not just have the investment professionals who can do this, but also the professionals in all the enabling functions, the business functions who can do it as well. What do you think will be the biggest change in our profession in the next 10 years? I think we'll find a normalization on the profit margin. I think we still have quite a significant profit margin compared with most other areas of financial services and other sectors. I think that's going to normalize. I think there'll be um, more focus on returns after fees for our clients, more multi-asset solutions. Um, and I think, I'm hoping that we will engage more with people on finding solutions to societal uh, problems that people have. Now, in addition to your demanding day job, you've managed to crank out five critically acclaimed detective thrillers. What drew you to writing crime novels? Well, I just had an idea for a book, and it happened to be a crime book. So, okay. so once you've written one, you get sort of typecast, really. Your agent and okay. your publishers want you to carry on. Plus, um, they have characters in them which are serial characters, so they carry on through the series. And I got quite close to them, so they, they sort of call me back. When I finished a book, I have to go back and write the next one. And is there a sixth book in the making? Yes, I'm at the final stages of editing it at the moment. Okay. Yeah. And the final question, when you have time to read... What do you read for pleasure? And do you have favorite authors or top books that you would recommend? I have a very, very broad taste in reading. When I'm actually writing, I tend to try not to read crime novels because I, it, it influences you at the margins. So I try not to do that. So I'll read 
biographies, autobiographies, historical books. I find them very interesting. So um, I read very broadly. In terms of favourite authors, it's really hard because, I mean, I like Dickens and Trollope and Jane Austen from going back, you know, 100 and 200 years. Um, but in terms of contemporary writers, uh, Martin Cruz, John Grisham, good thriller writers, I find very easy to read. Elizabeth, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, Lauren. And thank you for watching. Copyright 2018, CFA Institute, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.